Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Kimberly's Intentional Moment is brought to you by the Seiken Network on Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night to those of you across the globe. Today's show is going to be about beneficial reflection and humor in the practice. To begin with, though, I want to start with a quote by Sheldon Culp. Transformations require that we let go of familiar thing or familiar ways of doing things without yet knowing what we will do next. I'm going to say that again. Transformations require that we let go of familiar ways of doing things without yet knowing what we will do next. That's pretty loaded. I got that actually from my 10th grade or my 10th grade um English teacher. He posted it on Facebook, and again, it's by Sheldon Culp. And I, I wanted to start with that because I want you to just notice what that feels like for you. When I say transformations require that we let go of familiar ways of doing things without yet knowing what we will do next, where do you feel that in your body and what happens? Because we have this thirst in being human beings, we have this thirst for control, without yet knowing what we will do next is really scary. And part of today's practice or today's show and adding to the practice, we'll talk about that beneficial reflection so that you can see how places and maybe earlier in your life you let go and allowed transformation to happen without knowing what you were going to do next and how it benefited you. Um, Today I'm probably going to quote quite a bit because I've got some funny quotes. My mom gave me this book called uh, Great One-Liners and it's puns and um, different one-liners that are uh, funny and actually pretty loaded, similar to this other quote that I gave you just a moment ago. makes you think. So to begin with, since I started out so loaded, I'm going to ask that you get grounded. So just bring your attention inward. If you're seated, feel your sit bones and your feet on the floor. If you're standing, feel your feet on the ground. And if you're in your car, just stay very present. Notice what you're looking at. And breathe. So come back to the breath we've been practicing and breathe in through your nose, into your lungs, release your abs and breathe as if you're filling your pelvis. Exhale, gently tighten your abdominal muscles towards your spine, creating that support and breathe out through your lungs and your nose. Abs stay taut as you begin your inhale. Fill from collarbone to pubic bone as you release your abs. Once again, exhaling gently tightening your abdominal muscles towards your spine and feeling the support of your core on the way out. And if you can, start to rotate your shoulders a little bit. So I call that hitchhiking. Those of you that have taken class with me, 
your if your hands, your palms are facing your legs or facing your body, as you inhale, rotate your shoulders out so it's like you're hitchhiking outward. And then as you exhale, just bring your hands back to start. So they're rotating to the front of you and out and then back. And you can become more and more dramatic with that depending on where you are. Uh, you can start to back bend a little bit through your mid-spine and then forward bend or slouch a little through your mid-spine on exhale and just begin to open up your core and your chest, your back and your mid-back, inhaling, rotating, outward or opening your chest, exhaling, feeling your belly tighten and slouching just a little bit. Continue to follow your breath all the way to your sit bones and all the way back out and just notice how you're feeling. Notice if you're anxious, irritated, completely centered, happy, and notice if there's any place in your body that's talking because that's the part that tells you what you need to do in your physical practice. A little aside here, when you're feeling your body and it's telling you to do something, as soon as you can, do something about it. Then we usually can avoid a lot of the pain. So coming back to your body, inhale to your sit bones, exhale back out. And I'd like for you to just reflect over the last five years and pick out some moments that come up for you that were fun, uh, joyful, courageous. And just notice how that feels. So bring one of the one bring your attention to one of those moments and notice how that feels in your body. And if you're having trouble with this, you can go back to what we've done in, in previous shows and think of something you're very grateful for. The intention here is for you to feel in your body what it feels like to feel good, positive, beneficial. Once you have that feeling, then you can go into reflection once again. See if you can reflect over the past five years at specific moments where you were courageous, joyful, happy, fell in love. Could be lots of different feel-good moments. And then just take a few moments to let that go throughout every cell in your body. So just take that with your breath down all the way to your feet on inhale and as you exhale all the way to the top of your head. Very nice. All right. So slowly just bring your attention back to just listening to the show. I want to tell you another quote, or I want to say another quote here. Love is the most difficult and dangerous form of courage. Delmore Schwartz. Love is the most difficult and dangerous form of courage. Well, I think that's true to a certain extent. It is one of the most difficult because it does require you to be very vulnerable. Dangerous, I don't know. I think that's one of those fear moments that we have when we allow ourselves to let go and fall 
into what is, or coming back to the first quote, without yet knowing what we will do next, that feels dangerous. That doesn't necessarily make it dangerous. So the reminder here is that when you are reflecting or continuing in your practice and you feel those moments where it feels dangerous, just remember that that is most likely that fear we call the acronym false evidence appearing is real. We want to listen to primal fear and uh, and, and react perhaps um, accordingly and, and immediately. But the false evidence appearing is real. That may be something where we need to take a deep breath and take that, like we said in previous shows, 30 minutes, 30 days, even sometimes not ever do we respond to it other than to notice that it's happening. I wanted to just share a little bit about what I mean when it comes to reflection by just my own story. If I look over the past five years, a lot of transformation has happened. Most of it was out of my control, or at least that felt like I was out of my control, and I just had to relax and go with it. If I go back ten years, that's even before I had a child. And those of you that have had children or have children in your life that you're close to, you realize how much they change your life. Because now there's this other human being that you are in relationship with and taking care of, and yet they're their own person. So, And not just that, the other place that I had to really switch my, my thought process was how much sleep deprivation I had. For so many years, I was so sleep deprived, and we know that that makes someone crazy. And so for... Much of that first few years, if we're going to go back a decade, it was the change of just going from how do I respond when I'm sleeping well and how do I respond when I'm completely sleep deprived. In reflecting over the last five years, particularly the last four, some really challenging um, life occurrences happened for me. I had a difficult divorce. I had cancer show up twice in the family very near me, one of them being my mother, where um, it, it, it had, it had no, we had no other option than to just go with how things were going to lay out. Um, when, my, when my mom was diagnosed with melanoma, and so I just want to make sure that I say, Again, please wear your sunscreen. Um, take care of your skin. It, w it actually ended up being one of the most healing moments for me, for her as well, but even for me because she was allowing me to share in her experience and the family and, my, and our friends really pulled together. But she had to be awake as they, in three different uh, removals had to take out her right cheek. And she was awake for it. That's the part I think that really got me. And her husband was there with her and they were experiencing this what can only, I mean, be trauma not only physically but mentally and emotionally um, together. 
And during that time, my mom had read the book um, Love for No Reason by Marcy Shimoff. I've mentioned that book before. And it's a book I ended up handing out because she wanted me to listen or to read that because of all the practices. They're, they're quite yogic practices and chakra work. Um, and she said, you know, I really want you to read this. And, and I was so busy in my life and, and um, there were many changes happening at that time. But by the time I got to where my divorce was beginning, my life had become so chaotic. I, I remember sitting in my dining room and I couldn't feel my feet. And I realized, okay. And I'd already, and earlier that year, I'd already had a moment where I'd hyperventilated. And being someone that teaches breath on the regular, I knew, hmm, this, a lot's happening here and I need to pay attention. So by the time fall of 2011 came, so this all happened in 2011, um, I had started reading the book, and I ended up reading it cover to cover twice in a row, mostly because I was in such a state of fear, again, couldn't feel my feet, so not feeling grounded at all, that I wanted anything that would help balance that. The name of the book, Love for No Reason, it's in the name, spoke to me. So I read that book a couple of times and started putting some of the practices into play. I'm just going to I'm not going to go into this book right now that may be in another show, but I just wanted to put into this show love for no reason. What an amazing concept. And it's huge and if you really think about moments, so we go back to when we were reflecting and feeling in our bodies those beneficial um, transformations in our lives over the past five, maybe ten years, you can create that moment in your body at any time. So when we create beneficial feel-good moments, we are changing our body's chemistry. And there is science to back this up. Please take a look at um, Institute of Heart Math. They're the ones that are looking at this, or, or the um, Institute of Stress, American Institute of Stress, um, or American Stress Institute, sorry. You look at the work that they're doing and the studies that they've been doing over a long period of time, and they do ask for their studies to be challenged, you know, or we've, we now are beginning to know or really understand that when we shift our thought process, to something beneficial, we change our body's chemistry. And this is what I would like for you to start adding into your practice if you're not already doing that. And again, remember to contact me at kimtalkradio at gmail.com with any you know, discussions you want to have on this, any questions you have on this, anything you, know, anything you want to challenge on this. So coming back to reflecting over the past five years, four or five years. Um, I, in my life, have always been known as an extroverted person. I'm sure that's really difficult for you listeners to get. Um, I am, I've also been described as a leader. In my history, I've also been described as very dramatic. And those of you that are listening that have known me for a really long time know this to be true. And maybe that's not that big of a, a um surprise to those that are newer in my life. However, something that my boyfriend has said to me more than once 
is that he just does not see me as a dr- overly dramatic person. And I think that he has said something to the effect of that he sees that as kind of synonymous with being a victim. Um, and I, I don't think he says that for every time someone's dramatic, but when he thinks of a dramatic person or overly dramatic person, this comes up for him, which I, I agree with. And I wouldn't say that when I was dramatic that I was always being a victim, although I look back and I I I do think that the two are related. I may have been able to stop myself at times from going all the way into a victim mode. Uh, however, it definitely was happening simultaneously. So when he said this, I found that interesting. Okay, so let's reflect over the last four years. Well, all these changes, so or even over the last ten, so having a baby, a difficult divorce, cancer in the family a couple of times, and really feeling as though the rug had been pulled out from underneath me, I didn't have time anymore for drama. So he was entering into my life at a time where I was letting go of the drama because I didn't, in a way, I don't feel like I had a choice. Of course I had a choice. At any time you can be a victim. At any time you can be dramatic. You can choose not to. I think I had become smart enough in my practice after practicing for many years on a daily basis that this was not going to serve me. This was not going to serve my daughter and it was certainly not going to serve where I wanted to go. Which brings me to why we're reflecting is because we want to look at the path we've woven to how we got to here. And you know, as a disclaimer, I get that this is all about perception because you're not only are you perceiving in the moment, but now you're perceiving a, what you think is the memory of that moment when we're looking at history. And it still can be beneficial to look over your life, in particular the moments that you have had transformation for the benefit or for the positive in your life. And you realize how courageous you have become. And little by little, that builds up quite a bit to where when you're looking at five to ten years, you're looking at a big shift. He's right. I am not that dramatic anymore. It And what I have filled my life with instead is more space for love, more space for joy. And I'm dramatic in a more humorous way now. Uh, which is uh, has benefited me, and I'm going to go get into that later because there's some there's some tricks I have for humor that have worked for me that might work for you, and I want to hear about your tricks because those could help a lot of people as well. So let's go back to breathing in and breathing out for just a moment. I want you to breathe in and breathe out once again. In through your nose, into your lungs, all the way to your sit bones and all the way back out. And breathe in and feel expansion of your chest. Breathe out and feel support and strength of your core. What we're doing here is we are expanding the heart chakra, your chest, and we are supporting the second and third chakra, which are in your abdomen. Mid, 
mid torso into mid to lower torso. So you're feeling the expansion and feeling the support. Now, once again, spend a few moments and see if something now comes up for you. Some sort of beneficial moment where things changed. And it doesn't have to be super dramatic. It can, or traumatic. It can just be you remember something shifting. And now, I want you to just sit with this. Courage is having the space and practicing change and doing it with love within yourself and for others. How do we gain that courage to change? We can look back at our path. What have we already woven? How did we get to where we are? And then where do we want to go? What path will we now weave? So we're going to take some chances. And we're going to have the courage to walk through the fear of not knowing what we will do next all the time. Sometimes we do. We're able to plan it out. And sometimes, even with the plan, we have to change it. We have to have the flexibility to change it. So one of the things that happens when we hang on to um, fear and anger without letting go, without having those feel-good moments, without changing our chemistry in a beneficial way, is we feel heavy. And sometimes obesity, to me, can be just how you feel. It may not be that you're actually obese. It may not be that you're actually even overweight, but that you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. So again, just rotating your shoulders like we did in the beginning where you were just rotating back and forward and moving your mid-spine back and forth, you can unleash or unwind some of that, even unload some of that. I'm going to take just a quick break here. And I brought it in obesity because I am going to play the um, PSA on obesity and the rise in the U.S. And just think about it in a little bit more energetic way as well. So where in your life do you feel the weight of the world? The new year is a time when many of us resolve to lose weight and eat healthier. But for people who are either overweight or obese, getting to a healthy weight and staying there can require a major lifestyle change. ARC Director Dr. Carolyn Clancy is here to talk about this issue. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Clancy. First, can you give us an idea of how big a problem this is? This is one of the most serious problems we face. In the United States, obesity among adults doubled between 1980 and 2004. Today, two out of three adults are considered to be overweight, and about 27% of Americans over the age of 20 are obese. Even more troubling... 17% of all children in the United States are overweight. How do you define being overweight or obese? 
Overweight and obesity are labels for ranges of weight that are greater than what is generally considered to be healthy for a given height. For adults, overweight and obesity ranges are determined by using weight and height to calculate a number called the body mass index or BMI. An adult who has a BMI between 25 and 29.9 is considered to be overweight. An adult with a BMI of 30 or higher is considered to be obese. What are some of the risks involved with being overweight or obese? Studies have found that being obese or overweight increases your risk of developing serious chronic illnesses, such as heart disease, high blood pressure, stroke, diabetes, and several types of cancer. Osteoarthritis, gallbladder disease, sleep apnea, respiratory impairment, and diminished mobility are also associated with obesity. What would you recommend to the growing numbers of obese individuals who are unable to lose weight on their own? The good news is that dropping even as little as 5 to 7% of body weight can make you feel better and improve your health. A blue ribbon task force shows that people can change their behavior through intensive counseling on diet and exercise. This, in turn, can produce modest weight loss for a year or more. People are also increasingly turning to surgery to lose weight. This is a very serious decision, and it's important to choose a surgeon who has a lot of experience. Dr. Clancy, do you have any advice for parents with children who are struggling with their weight? A new report from my agency, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, has found that, along with increasing exercise and eating healthier, behavior management programs also help obese children and teens lose weight or prevent weight gain. The bottom line is that there are options for all family members. The best approach is for you to talk to your doctor to get all the information you need to help you decide what is best for you and your family. I'm Dr. Carolyn Clancy, and that's my advice for navigating the healthcare system. For more information on weight management and other health-related stories and topics, go to healthcare411.ahrq.gov. Okay, so one of the things that, the reason why I played that um, public service announcement again and why I asked you to look at or think about it energetically in, instead of just physically, I am not discounting that we have a problem, especially in America, with obesity, the physical form of obesity or overweight. Um, what I'm saying is, is that a lot of times that is exacerbated by feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders and or and I think even fear like sitting in a place of fear where you are not going to you're not looking at the path you want to weave and you don't maybe even have the courage to look at what you've woven or all you're looking at is the negative places that you've been or perhaps the decisions perhaps that you if you could if you could go back you would change although I like to say instead the, the places that you've learned in your life that you would not revisit. Um, when, when we're carrying that weight, we are changing our hormones in a way that work against us in keeping our weight balanced. So all of the risk factors that the, the woman was talking about um, in the PSA, those risk factors are there when your hormones are out of whack. When you are... Um, depleting your adrenals constantly being under stress and cortisol and adrenaline running through your veins on the regular versus balancing that out. So we know that fear and love can't coexist. 
they um, are mutually exclusive. So when we're feeling that fear, false evidence appearing is real, I want to be very clear on what fear I'm talking about, we can practice love intentions. So one of the things that I like to do is add humor into my practice as well. And um, the people around me uh, are feel the same way. And so we have come up with some pretty creative ideas. Um, one of them is these quotes. So my mom sending me this book of quotes. And one of them that I found that I really think is funny. Never be afraid to try something new. Just remember, amateurs built the ark. Professionals built the Titanic. So when you're feeling like, wow, I, you know, my credentials aren't where I want them to be or I'm less than, amateurs built the ark. Professionals built the Titanic. So you can just tell that to yourself in a moment. And it might be as simple as that, adding quotes into your day. The other thing I practice on the regular <clears throat> and a lot of times with my boyfriend because he asked me in uh, the fall of 2011, so during all this shift that was happening in my life, he, he asked me one night, do you believe in that aliens exist? And I said, well, you know, I'm going to quote, or it's not a direct quote, but uh, – somewhat quote the um, movie Contact, and it was Jodie Foster. She's a little girl at that time, and she's talking to her father, and she says something to the effect of, you know, aliens, <clears throat> and he said, you know, if there wasn't, there'd be an awful waste of space. This is the father, and I always, I, I've sat with that, because I don't know how we could have a universe this vast and not have other beings of some kind. Are they little green men? I don't know. Um, you know, when you look at hieroglyphics, you know, some of the, what looks like angels, maybe those are aliens. I don't know. But the joke, it's it's uh, it, keeping this kind of light here. It's not, I'm not getting into a philosophical discussion. It's more, do you believe aliens exist? Well, yeah, because if not, that'd be an awful waste of space. And then we went a little bit further, and he talked about how he did not want to be a fish in a fishbowl, you know, where aliens are playing with us. So let's say they're more evolved than we are, and they are living in this fourth dimension right next to us. Are they controlling us? Are they playing with us? Do they tap on the fish tank? Which I find funny. Um, and, it, it's a, and it's an interesting way of looking at when things aren't going well. So he and I have this... Um, we have difficulties or challenges with technology, um, and I often joke with people in our lives that together we're kind of useless when it comes to technology. And so when we're messing around on the computer or something that we, you know, like we wanted to get World Cup the other day or whatever it is we're doing, when it doesn't work, you know, we always say, oh, it's the aliens messing with us. It it lightens the mood just a little bit, even if you're still frustrated you can blame the aliens. And I think, I, I just think that's brilliant. Take that with you. See if it works for you. You might find me a little kooky. Uh, I am a little kooky. But if, if, if aliens are in fact around us and in some way controlling us, can't we blame them for the things that don't go right? Or when we're trying really hard at something and it's not working out, maybe it's their fault. It just lightens the space when we feel lighter energetically our bodies will respond 
in a beneficial way, in a positive way. So humor can be a space for us to really lighten up. Another quote that I have here that we, I think we all toy with is nobody is listening until you make a mistake. Or this is a one-liner. These aren't quotes. They're one-liners. Nobody's listening until you make a mistake. I think that's kind of funny because it, we we have all these self-help programs and self-help books and, you know, how to create joy in your life. And yet I find that one-liner liner to be quite true. We're afraid to make mistakes because we feel as though nobody is listening until we make one. Well, I think it's time for us to all point that out to each other in a humorous, light way. You know, if if you find that somebody seems to just be critiquing you in a way that feels as though they're only seeing your mistakes, maybe we lighten that up by saying, you know, well, it tends to be the human way that we're not listening until someone makes a mistake. And I'm not sure why we do that. That might be another show that we have. In fact, I'm going to make a little note of that. I like that. Why do we do that? So um, coming back to transformations require that we let go of familiar ways of doing things without yet knowing what we will do next. My challenge to you is now to practice reflection every day. Reflect on something you have done well. The bigger, the better. The smaller, the better. It doesn't matter really whether it's big or small. It matters that it made a difference to you. It matters that when you reflect on that moment, you feel in your body something beneficial. And you know what I'm talking about. Just in the breath work that I gave you in this show alone, when you're really paying attention and you're opening up your your upper body as you expand on inhale, and then when you feel support and security in your core on exhale, right there, you'll feel something positive, something beneficial. The body wants to breathe. Positive experiences, reflecting on those positive, feel-good moments. Courage to experience that happiness. Courage to experience love for yourself for what you have accomplished, for what you've done well. Another quote that I think, or another one-liner that goes well with the last one was, or is, it is easier to fight for principles than live up to them. So when I said that I was challenging you to the practice, I really am. So I'm challenging you that when you feel in your body, like I said earlier in the show, that you need to do a hip flexor stretch because your body is screaming that it's feeling twisted, that you just go ahead and do it and do it via your breath. So the impact is even more pronounced. So the impact, if you will, or the effect is more balanced than it would be just with the stretch. When you stay in a any sort of posture or a stretch, with your breath for even four breaths at three-second inhale, three-second exhale, you're getting close to a 30-second breath there. That's good stuff. So 
I want to come back to feeling the weight of the world. When you feel the weight of the world, we talked in the last show about how I have my my girlfriends that I have on text that when we're feeling really good or when we're feeling really bad or anything in between, we are in a thread of six of us and we can shout out to each other and um, take the edge off of a difficult moment or celebrate a wonderful moment. I'm going to encourage you again to find those practices because when we are connected, we, in the last show with Salvatore, just last week, uh, he was talking about, you know, the the um, area that we now know as India back 5,000 years ago knew something about that connectedness that we considered to be brand new via Einstein or many of us considered to be brand new. They knew it viscerally. And I guess I'm asking you to begin a practice now where you are feeling your practice on a visceral level more often. You're not just working out to sweat. You're working out and you're feeling what's going on in your body. You're feeling the positiveness, not just getting high on adrenaline, feeling the positiveness of the practice. When you do it with your breath, you feel the expansion and the support at the same time. When you really feel that weight, calling upon that thread, I can ask those ladies to say something funny. They usually do. I don't think I've ever had to ask, but but I could ask, can you please say something funny uh, to change how I'm feeling in this moment or help me feel connected to you and something humorous so that I actually laugh out loud. Some of my most favorite moments in my life are the moments where you laugh, you know, the kind where you laugh so hard when you were little, especially when you were little and you laugh so hard and you can't stop laughing, like you can't look at the person if you're not supposed to laugh. You know, you can't look at the person because if you look at the person, you're going to laugh harder. Those moments and then moments where you, you just can't stop, like you're, it, it hurts in your core, in your belly, you're coupled over, you're crying. Those moments change your chemistry so dramatically and in such a beneficial way that they've done studies now where they're showing that people are healing themselves. And that's probably not brand new information for any of you. And now I am going to ask you to practice that. When you're feeling this way to the world, how and who can you call upon? How can you change it? Who can you call upon? What can you do? That's something we've been practicing for weeks now. What can I do? So I don't feel my feet on the floor. Um, I'm feeling completely out of control and scared out of my mind. What can I do to shift this even a little bit more towards balance? Remembering that our balance is a practice, not a destination. Okay, so... Again, I want to go back, recap a little bit. Transformations, I just, I, I, this quote is so good, Sheldon Kopf again. Transformations require that we let go of familiar ways of doing things without yet knowing what we will do next. So do what you can in this moment and 
maybe do it differently. So for some of you, I'm asking you to do something differently. I'm asking that you do some sort of physical practice every day where you get into your body, even if it's just rotating your shoulders like we did earlier, getting into your breath, feeling grounded, and now adding in some reflection on positive things that have happened in your life. Also creating feel-good moments, you know, by inviting other people to help you. And feel free to use the, the aliens as another way to uh, find some kind of humor in what's going on. Because when we think about us having control over everything that we do and then realizing that we don't, it, I think it just makes it funny to think, well, maybe it's just extraterrestrials, you know, controlling what it is we're doing and they're tapping on the fishbowl. So for just a moment, I'm going to take another break. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about one more way that you can practice reflection and uh, talk about next week's show. Some statistics are surprising. Some are unbelievable. And some are simply unacceptable. Right now, nearly 30% of U.S. students aren't finishing high school. Nearly 30%. And that's the average. In many places, it's even higher than that. And fixing it is a responsibility that we all share. This is President Obama, and I urge everyone, not just parents, but friends and neighbors and family members, to take responsibility for encouraging the high school students in your communities, to support them, challenge them, push them a little, and do whatever it takes to help them make it through. Because this is one statistic we simply can't afford to ignore. You can do your part by going to boostup.org and sending an email, a text message, or even a wake-up call to a student at risk of dropping out. Go to boostup.org and provide the boost that's needed to make it to graduation. A message from the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. All right. So I played that public service announcement um, again because I wanted to remind ourselves about how important education is, and we have got to our kids and one of the ways we can support our kids is by doing the practice and talking about the practice I talk to my daughter often about um, the challenges that I face and how and how I work through them of course in an age-appropriate way she's only going to be eight here in a couple of days uh, and and we do this together she knows about breath work she knows about what it is to be dramatic and victim like in her way, again, it's not quite the same thing we've been talking about on the show. Um, I just want to make sure that we are paying attention to our practice so that we show the youth that we are continuing to grow ourselves and educate ourselves so that they will continue to do the same. So coming back to the show and humor, and I left by talking about the aliens, and I found the quote. That's what I was looking for as I went to the uh, public service announcement. This, uh, not quote, one-liner. If it's true that our species is alone in the universe, then I'd have to say that the universe aimed rather low and settled for very little. Um, understand that I think human beings are funny. Uh, I think... That, and I think we're amazing, and we, ha we know that we can be more than this because we know we're not even using all of our brain. And yet 
we choose often to stay in that primitive brain, the the all-or-nothing fight-or-flight brain that we once needed to rely on, but we don't need to anymore. We can go further. We can expand further than that. We're more intelligent than that. Uh, and if if we decide that we want to expand this, the, one of the ways we can do it is by looking at where it is that we've come from, where we sit now, how that feels, and be honest about it, and then where is it that we want to go. So this seventh show, while adding in reflection and adding in humor, has really been a review, and we're going to do that every week, review to a certain extent. Sometimes it's because I'm thinking about listeners that may not have heard another show. And and also, I don't think we can hear it enough. I don't think we can discuss it enough. Um, being reminded in our busy lives as we go faster and faster and faster to go fast by going slow. My teacher Salvatore's quote, go fast by going slow. One of the ways we can do that is to stop, breathe, now we're adding in reflect. We're adding in, can we find a humorous way of looking at this? Even if it's at yourself. Oftentimes, you know, I when I'm stumbling, even on the show, I have to kind of laugh at myself. And I, I listen to my shows afterwards, so I hear where I stumble and, you know, where I can improve. I also hear that that's just human. We're all having a human experience, and we're fallible, and my intention is to do well. So if you have the intention of doing well, and you are stepping out of the box, which is essentially without knowing what we will do next, and letting go of doing things in a familiar way, going back to our quote of the show, the quote, I mean, the other ones are one-liners, this one is a quote, and understanding that when we step out of the box, we are living. We're not merely existing. And so let's practice something a little bit different every day. Now, some of it's going to be the same. You're going to, you know what you're looking at in your body. You're looking for beneficial or, sorry, places that feel good, strong, fluid. You're also looking for places that might be achy, cranky, murky, only from an observation place so that you know what it is you need to do in order to help yourself or support yourself. When we stop, we take that deep breath. We notice how we're really feeling. Now is the time that we're actually able to respond rather than react. When we add in this practice of reflection and looking over what we, ha what we have done in our lives and where we've come from, and then we know how we feel in the present moment, we can continuously decide where we want to go. And it's okay for that to shift. I, I, I'm hoping in this show that I'm giving all of us that permission to change our minds, to be flexible, and to laugh about it. You know, just okay, so it didn't turn out the way we thought it was going to. And, oh, I'm afraid of that. Isn't that interesting? I find myself humorous. And 
and, and then sticking to that practice. So we don't do this for one week and then give it up. We make the conscious decision in every moment to continue our practice. I want to go back just one more moment to that more physical feeling, so that physical feeling of weight. In the practice, please add in something physical. Most folks in the Western world today, and especially in America where things are going really fast, we need to slow down. So just by putting in some asana, yoga postures, or stretching with breath, you're, you're slowing down. Most of the injuries that I get that come to me, including my own injuries in my life or my own pain, physical pain in my life, have had a lot to do with I just keep going, I don't stop. And that is really where Salvatore you know, is coming from when he says go fast by going slow. If we slow down and really pay attention to right now and give ourselves, nourish the moment with what it needs, then we can move forward in the end faster because we're not laying down or having to ice or whatever it is that we're having to do, you know, go and see the doctor. Most folks that go and see the doctor are going because of something stress-related. Going back to that first PSA, all those risk factors in obesity, all of those are the same risk factors that come with high stress over time continuously. Uh, so breath practice, movement, movement with your breath, and then a stay with your breath. So if you're standing in a lunge, going into the lunge, feeling the front of your hip, which is one of the intentions of it, and making sure that you're in the posture correctly or you're in the stretch correctly, and then stay there and breathe, opening up that space gently and consistently for several breaths. Most people need six to eight breaths to, to, to make any difference. To change over the long haul, you need it every day over an, a period of time. Even though the American College of Sports Medicine says two to three times a week, flexibility training, I have seen people benefit from sitting down in a practice or getting into their practice multiple times in a day. Again, it's that stop, breathe, respond. So I'm going to leave you with that today, practicing some reflection, adding humor in in any way that you can, making sure that you have some sort of support whatever that is. It may be things that you read and you go back and you look at those one-liners or those quotes and that takes you into a different space. It might be that coupled with, you know, breathing and, and, and feeling a moment of gratitude, practicing that reflection and seeing where you have made, where you have transformed in your life for the better and how that feels in your body. Just those simple things, one at a time or all together, change your body's chemistry. So we're going to practice changing the chemistry and we'll continue this practice of changing the chemistry next week as well. Uh, in the words of uh, Pharrell Williams, I leave you with practice happiness, practice peace, always, every day, with everyone you meet, and smile. 
just that little curl of your lips up at the side of your face changes your muscular structure and your brain changes your hormones. Have a wonderful week. Because I'm happy. Because I'm happy. Clap along if you feel.